Hi everyone, I plan to record this podcast in two parts, so I recorded the Oxford section um, with James Richards from the D3D4 podcast, with my plan to record the Barnsley game with two Shrewsbury Town fans on the Sunday. As most of you will know, we had the very sad news that Glyn passed away on Thursday, and as a mark of respect for Glyn, and to give myself some time, I've decided that I won't be covering the Barnsley game. I'll also be taking a few weeks break from the podcast, giving me a bit of time um, to with my family. Um, and I also want to spend a bit of time chatting to Glyn's family about the direction the podcast takes going forward. I know that Glyn was really keen to see the podcast continue and the podcast will continue. Um, but please bear with us um, until we're back. Um, and we really, really appreciate all the messages, all the support um, that you guys have shown um, over the last week or so. So, yeah, thank you for listening and we'll be back again soon. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Saladcast. This week I'm joined by James. James is on, we're going to talk about the Oxford game. Um, and it's always rare, James, for us to have an opposition fan on the podcast. Um, but you're not just any old fan, are you? You're, um, you are the, the, the host, or how do you say, the, the lead presenter, the founder of D3D4 podcast? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Started D3D4 football uh, shortly after you guys actually started this podcast, the Salopcast. So, and uh, actually, before we get into anything, I I would just like to send my love and best wishes to to Glyn and his family. Um, as you know, I'm a thoroughly I thoroughly enjoy your podcast, and so to hear what's happened to Glyn has just been. Um, I just I don't think I can articulate it really. It's just so tragic, and I. Sp- just speak for all the guys at D3D4 when I say that our thoughts and prayers are with him and his family at this really just tragic time. Yep, yeah, yeah, thanks for that, James. Yeah, it's um, those on Twitter might have seen or heard um, Glenn posted um, on Twitter during the game. Um, yeah, near half time, um, but um, yeah, his his health has deteriorated further. Yeah, all wishes go to Glenn and Anna and the kids uh, and the family, and yeah, hope they're okay and um, yeah, hope they can uh, make the best of. Um, the last the last few weeks and days and weeks so yeah our love goes out to Glenn and hope he's okay in terms of the podcast um yeah I've been listening to you guys for 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 a while as well um, and yeah you were one of the first it was a bit different wasn't it the scene back then there wasn't so as many podcasts there's uh, loads now isn't there yeah it's, it's absolutely undated I mean, yeah the, yeah, the whole football scene on Twitter is amazing isn't it yeah that's that trend sort of started I mean one thing that I feel quite proud of is that D3D4 pushed quite quickly like a the knowledge and the and the um, and the opinions out that, that the lower league is really worth following because uh, there just really wasn't any coverage before we came along. Um, you guys were were a podcast, and there are there are a few others, but not many. And um, you know, since we've come along and really pushed it, you know, everyone takes much more interest in it. And it and there is just such a, a lovely group of supporters at, at every club and a community around the lower leagues and. I think uh, in this time of things like Super Leagues and Project Big Picture, we, we sort of all group together and, and stand far more as a, a single community of low league football fans rather than a bunch of small tribes following our own team in isolation. And that's important because I think um, we're going to need to sort of stick together as a, as a low league community in the future as uh, people at the top of our game try and rip away the heart of it. And that, it, 
I feel it's coming. I mean, you know, the creeping spectre of foreign ownership in the Premier League, um, where if 14 Premier League clubs get US ownership, it could mean that they can push through whatever they, they want. And that's a that's a huge concern. Yeah, it is a huge concern. Um, and one of the benefits of social media is obviously the ability to to get people together and kind of get people to action. But yeah, it is a big concern. Um, and yeah, it's, um, on, a, on a, turning it back to a positive note, it's great what you guys have done, the podcast you've created in terms of, if you haven't ever listened to the D3D4 podcast before, you definitely give it a listen. They cover League One and League Two exclusively. Um, and they, yeah, they do a great job. They've got some really, really good presenters on there who really, really know League One and League Two. Um, and yeah, you've, you've, it's a good um, Twitter account to follow as well. You've got nearly 30,000 followers on Twitter, um, James, which is obviously testament to the, the quality of the work that you guys do. Yeah, no, cheers for that. Yeah, it's, it, I remember getting stuck trying to get past 37 followers. So <laughs> to be where we are now is just, uh, it's a bit of a, I'm still, I'm still a bit shocked really, to be honest. Yeah, but yeah, it's great. It's great what you guys do, um, and yeah, we're going to test your um, your knowledge now on this game, and it's going to be rare for you because you normally you cover a lot of games <laughs> in the and in your podcast, and yeah, you're going to have the chance to kind of literally let rip, rip into a, a ninety minutes of pure action, James. Or <laughs> I'd say you know, it could have been a better game if if they're focusing on just one, couldn't it? It, it was a terrible game of football, um, just cynical scrimmages misplaced passes awful control like we had a right back i don't know if you, your your listeners will, will know who i'm talking about uh dejan De anderson who he played nine times in Serie A for for lazio and i looked at him and i thought how on earth did he play at that level uh must have yeah. had a good agent oh i i, I don't know for lazio it must have been awful when he did i mean they yeah. must have been desperate i mean the the guy couldn't I mean he just was so bad defensively he's meant to be a right back apparently um but I don't know I'd I'd prefer him to play left out if I'm honest <laughs> um but there we go yeah it was a it was a it was a classic league one game maybe of probably like five years ago um I think the standard of league one has gone up a it's, bit but this was a bit of a, a throwback I, yeah exactly I watched the South End Notts County game uh which was in the National League because I, I cover that a bit as well and it's finished two all and it was a fantastic game of football. And then I was watching, uh, you know, sort of sitting there watching Salah Boxer and thinking, this is dreadful stuff, you know, like the comparison. I mean, to be honest, it was for Oxford, we're just, we're so um, depleted of, of players at the moment. Um, but it, our season has been pretty up and down, frankly. And uh, a lot of games where we're just not playing the kind of football that we have been over the last few years. And I think, to be fair, you, you guys should have, should have won it uh, which I'm sure we'll come to but you know you missed some guilt edge chances and in the end uh, I was quite happy to get out of uh, out of uh, Shropshire with a point yeah it was one of those games a, a game all, all too familiar to Shrewsbury Town fans where we don't take our chances and a lot of people I don't know maybe seen Steve Cottrell's comments after after the, the York game on Saturday against Ox, against York sorry and we could really genuinely have scored seven and I think you know you know us on this podcast. We don't you know don't normally you know make stuff up or exaggerate when we're pretty pretty honest. And yeah, we really could have scored six or seven, but typical series we really get two. So yeah, we'll talk about the missed chances. Um, we'll talk about the referee. We don't really don't like to talk about the referee on Saddlecast, but I think we'll have to talk about the referee on this one. So yeah, let's jump into the action and get into it. 
Shrewsbury Town 1, Oxford 1. Um, attendance um, 5,158. And I did text you the, the Oxford for um, the attendance. It was like 300 or something, wasn't it? Um, About 341, I think. Yeah, something like that. Uh, which is not a bad attendance on a, on a, on a, on a wet Wednesday night. Um, so, yeah, goal for Oxford in the first half, goal for Shrewsbury in the second half. Um, coming into this game, um, Oxford were uh, three three unbeaten, um, and it was a rare occurrence for Oxford to actually below Shrewsbury in the league. To be honest, I mean, we've got fans very, very unhappy uh, with Carl Robinson coming into this. He's under a lot of pressure. I am more pragmatic than many Oxford fans, I think. Um, you know, our fan base... Because we were in the top flight once upon a time, probably think that's our natural given place. And I think that's the problem with a lot of fans in, in the lower leagues. They all expect themselves to be, you know, promotion contenders every year. But as an Oxford fan, I've seen us go from the second tier to the fifth tier and and sort of back again. And I'm quite happy with, with how we have been playing over the last few years. Um, this season has been a, a pretty difficult start. Recruitment wasn't great this summer. I think we, we missed a trick in trying to, um, improve where we, we desperately needed to and it's left us short and then obviously some of the guys we've brought in have not played at all yet, they've been injured all all, uh, all season so we haven't really seen um, the best of our, especially our attacking options, you know we've got people like Josh Murphy, I haven't seen him um, I don't know if you remember him but he was once signed by Cardiff I think for 10 million Yeah, I remember that name Yeah, just mad uh, and uh, we got a guy called Yanis uh, Wilshut from um, I think he was playing in in Bulgaria. He played a few games in, in the EFL for Wigan, but again, he hasn't played for us at all. He's been injured all season. Sam Baldock's been injured all season, so we haven't even seen him. And then, you know, we just yeah the other niggly injuries for people like our right back Sam Long and and other players who've missed time. So yeah, Sam Long's pretty... a good player. And this is a big big loss. Yeah, he he yeah he's a he's a good he's a good homegrown talent, and yeah we've missed him and. Uh, it's just, you know, we've missed... Uh, we, we didn't really sign the left-back, so Steve Seddon was out, and we've been playing Kieran Mer, uh, Kieran Brown uh, left-back, and he's he's a good centre-back. Um, I don't see him as a natural left-back. No, he got caught a few times, didn't he, during this game? Uh, yeah, he puts in... I can't fault his effort. He's one of these guys, blood and, blood and guts and thunder, but lacks a bit of subtlety. But a good long throw, which is a useful weapon at this level. In terms of recruitment, and then you know, if you sign up players and they're all injured, were they had a history of injury? Do you think Robinson was, you know, had ambitions to try and complete the payoffs again? Budgets and stuff in League One are a big challenge. Well, is it gambling? Does he gamble too much? I don't know really. I mean, I can't. I don't know the injury history of people like Wilshut, for example. And Murphy doesn't strike me as being a player who's missed a lot, but he is a risk because he's. He's obviously gone to Cardiff for ten million, and he's he's been a bit of a flop and and sort of drifted and not done particularly well in the last few seasons. But Oxford, if for your for your uh, sort of uh, your listenership, they probably wouldn't know. But we've been taken over. Uh, we've been had Malaysian owners and Thailand owners, and we've been taken over by Eric Thorhir, who was uh, the owner and uh, director at Inter Milan. He's very wealthy, um, and boats are. Up, you know, Bangkok Glass is our sponsor, that awful BG that you see on our shirts, which kind of ruins the best home shirt we've had for ages, actually, in my opinion. But, yeah, so we've got a, a lot of money behind us and they're spending it, I think, in the right ways off the pitch. They're trying to move us to a new stadium. So we're um, finally out of the Kassam, which is obviously owned by 
our previous chairman and we pay him 600 or whatever thousand a year rent on that awful three-sided soulless nonsense of a ground and uh, we're trying to move to Oxford Parkway in the north of the city and build something much more community-based and much more accessible um, you know if it's right next to Parkway Station it means that fans can spend their afternoon in Oxford and then get on a train for, yeah. for kickoff and stuff be so much better so that's that's what they're trying to do we've got a good training ground finally um, but yes on the pitch we've we've certainly not recruited well we need I think clearly we needed full backs um, and we didn't get them um, and we yeah we've just just been it's been pretty poor and some of the performances have been no better than average and, and what annoying you know we're all bright fans we all watch our team and when your manager says we were the better team in this game but didn't win and you clearly know you weren't the better team there's only so many times you can get where we're saying that before fans start to call you out on it and Carl Robinson's been trying that one all season so yeah I, I saw that I'm part of a, a the football chat group um, chatting to an Oxford fan and I did screen print the screen print's actually in this agenda now where yeah it was a tweet from the Shrewsbury Town reporter Ollie and he put um, Carl Robinson um, said last night, I thought their goalkeeper or their centre-backs were man of the match. I can't remember Morrissey having anything to do apart from the block at the end. And this is what Ollie said and said. Um, but granted, Pennington was very good. And yeah, it was a bit of a, bit of a contradiction there because how can the goalkeeper or the centre-backs be man of the match? Or is he saying that with they, you were so dominant that our centre-backs were amazing? And not only that, also our goalkeeper was. So you must have been really, really good. Oh, it's just it's nonsense. We yeah. rubbish. And that's what this guy said as well. He said that basically the fans don't really listen to what he has to say anymore, um, which is not a good position to be, which is opposite of Steve Cottrell, which is really funny that Steve Cottrell um, is so much more pleasant and, and yeah, much more enjoyable to listen to. Uh, maybe it's interesting Carl Robinson could take a, a leaf out of Steve Cottrell's book because Steve Cottrell certainly improved his um, his media and presence this season. Yes, yeah, yeah, I didn't like him at all last season. It's it's good to see he's kind of someone someone's having a word in his ear. Yeah, definitely. Let's 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 not be like that with your your local journalists. It doesn't come across. Doesn't it's no, so necessary when they see each other what what three, four, five times a week. Um yeah. Exactly. It's a lot of interaction. But I agree your centre backs were brilliant. I mean, but they have been all season. That's yeah. your I yeah. think that's your strongest unit in your team if you if you're looking at it. I mean Shipley and Bayless are special players, um, and I think as an Oxford fan, Shade Dunkley is a is a ledge. So I can't really. Can't He's really such, been such a good signing, and yeah, you you tipped um, Shrewsbury. I wouldn't say you tipped us for players or anything, but you tipped us, and you were quite impressed with our recruitment. And we we obviously gone down similar. To, I think it's similar to Oxford in terms of you know smaller squads try and get for some quality in. Obviously, we're suffering from injuries, which is really disappointing, but. Yeah, um, as you said on your Patreon podcast, Pennington, Dunkley and Flaringon is uh, one of the best um, back threes in, in the division. And to well, be fair, Morosi's up know. there as well in terms of best goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. I, I mean, I, you name me three centre-backs better than those in this division at this time. I mean, I do like Ipswich. I think, you know, Donassian and, and George Edmondson and Burgess has, has come in and obviously they've got Wolfenden. They're very, very good uh, selection of centre-backs that they can use and they tend to play a back three. But there's not many that, I and they're probably on a lot more money than Shrewsbury players as well. Um, yeah, I would have thought so. Pound for but, pound, yeah. they're doing very well. Pennington and Dunks are, are just brilliant pair. I think. Yeah. Uh, do you think Pennington could play in the championship? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think you know, there's a lot of examples of of um, 
sort of centre backs who who go up the leagues and, and do very well in the championship. You don't necessarily have to be the best ball playing centre back to make it. You just have to be competent and and, and strong and, and and be agile enough to compete with the more athletic strikers. You get that level, and I think he could do a, a good job for a team at that level for sure. Yeah, he's definitely. I think he he just. He, I, I'm led to believe that he really likes Shrewsbury. He wanted to play football, and then yeah, he's um, yeah. I think I I would like to see Pennington play in the championship again. Obviously, I'd prefer to see him do it with Shrewsbury, but yeah, if he moves on, I mean, it would be great for him. I'm just moving back to kind of fixtures and stuff. You didn't play in the FA Cup this weekend, did you? It was called off, so it was actually down in my local area. We were meant to go. Uh, it was meant to be a Sunday game against Woking, but the the ha- hammering rain called it off. And to be fair, it was it was so wet down here that. Um, I wasn't at all surprised. So we're going to play that one on Tuesday the 15th, I think it is now. So so you came into this game quite refreshed. Obviously, we played York um, on Saturday. Um, in terms of history against Oxford, we I don't like playing Oxford. <laughs> we never do very well against you. Um, in the last 10 games we've played you in League One, um, you have to go back to the 10th one now after this game um, to when we last time we won. Um, 3-2 at home um, and since then it's been um, pretty good um, hunting ground home and away for Oxford um, you do to get good results against us yeah we have yeah I mean I think sometimes we've been a bit fortunate I remember you in seventeen eighteen came to us at the Kassam Stadium and I was shocked how good you were that um, game was that game was one of the, the start of that season so we'd just drawn one all at home to Northampton Ben Godfrey had come up on the Thursday and played in defensive midfield and when you saw him play, you never would have believed he'd have done a couple of hours training. We were immense that game, and how we didn't beat you was ah, oh, I can still I can still see that that the the goal with the um, without the stadium um, behind it, yes, um, yeah. and we just missed like some guilt and chances at that end. I seem to remember Stefan Payne missing. Yeah, I think it was Stefan Payne missed some chances, but um, yeah, yeah. So you do do well against us, um, and yeah, it's a hope. Well, it's rare as we said earlier in the podcast. It's rare for you to be below us um, in the in the league table. Um, so who did Shrewsbury play? So we had Murray, C. Pennington, Dunkley, Flanagan. Bennett came in at right wing back. It wasn't Moore this time. Moore was playing in, in midfield with Bayliss and Leahy. As we know, Shrewsbury Town fans know very well that Bayliss will, fl- um, will drift from um, midfield three into um, a number 10. Shipley, left wing back, and Sadian Street up front. Um, and then coming to this game, James, was it the Oxford team you expected? Any comments on the Shrewsbury lineup? Uh, I thought Shrewsbury um, was pretty much as I expected. I wasn't sure who you'd go with to partner Sadie up front. I was wondering whether Pike or, or Bowman might get the nod. I was a bit surprised to see Street getting ahead of them. Um, but apart from that, yeah, there weren't really any shocks in your lineup. For us, it was a case of um, a bit surprised that Seddon wasn't playing right back, that Shevan Anderson was moved back because he's more of an attacking player and uh, he gives me kittens every time he has to defend. I mean, there was... I don't know if you guys remember that in the first half, he, he laid a ball off and made this run up the line, even though he'd made the pass to the wrong team, and he just kept running. And it just left this massive hole for Shrewsbury to pour into, and it was just, I was thinking, where's he going? <laughs> where's he going? Um, but yeah, generally generally speaking, um, uh, I th- it was about the, the team I was expecting from Oxford, Billy Bowden and Matt Taylor straight back in after suspensions. And uh, It's funny, the fans, you know, Matt Taylor's been brilliant, but he he's... Not, I don't think he scored in the league this season for us. Um, yeah, I mean, Gatlin O'Donka has been a positive. In fact, I think one of the only positives this season for Oxford fans has been 
the emergence of a couple of young players in, in Gatlin Odonka, who's our young striker who came on, I think, in the second half against you guys, and, and Tyler Goodrum, who is a tricky midfielder who looks a real bright pos- prospect. So, you know, that's that's at least been something to, to cling on to in a, a pretty bleak season so far. Yeah, it's it's must be rare for Oxford fans being down the bottom. <laughs> to, I mean, to me, like I said, I, I remember it being a regular thing. So, I mean, it hasn't been for a lot of our younger fans. That they're probably not used to it. They're probably used to us being, you know, a side at the top of League Two or looking for promotion out of League Two, and then trying to make the playoffs and and get promoted out of the, this division. But you know, when you've when you've seen us as bad as I have, I I'm quite you know I. Just take the rough with the smooth, really. It's all about what's what being a fan of, of a club like Oxford's about, really. Yeah, yep, I totally agree with that. It's um, yeah, something that we have to endure, and yeah, you enjoy the, the highs because they're, they're so much more enjoyable and sometimes quite rare. Um, talking of enjoyable and rare, this game was not one of those. Um, I think it's fair to say Shrewsbury Town started on the front foot and definitely were bossing the game, um, especially for the first 15 minutes. Um, but I think it's fair to say, James, this, this was not one for the neutrals. Um, and yeah, anyone who was watching this abroad on iFollow and all that kind of stuff, yeah, I don't think they would have been o- overly entertained. It was a dreadful game, like really. I mean, to be fair, you guys started exactly as you should have against an Oxford team. You pressed us. Uh, we we looked very panicked. Our passing was terrible. Um, I noticed that your know, pressing was was exceptionally well timed. It was well coordinated, and as soon as you got we got the the ball in the sort of at the back, you were right on top of us, so we couldn't really get into a flow or pick our passes in the end we were just very untidy get, kept getting caught in possession and um, you know really you, you should have taken advantage of that early stage because when we did score it was very much against the run of play yeah it was one of those moments where a, um, a tough tackle I think it might have been for more um, in our half um, then there was a tackle um, against your left back um, was he say his name was Brown who struggled yeah um, yeah, then Bailey strides forward in the ball, he passes to Streep. I think that pass was a bit a bit late. Um, then there's a really good block uh, from an Oxford defender, which was a, a great good block. But yeah, Shooter Town really should have scored from the opportunity. I think maybe a little bit of both to blame there. Bailey's probably should have passed a bit earlier. And also Streep, yeah, he's obviously probably maybe snatched it. He's a young kid, would have been his first league goal. He definitely should have scored that, I think. I was, I was so relieved. I, I When I saw it, I think it went over, didn't it? It sort of took a deflection, went over. I was just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a good block. Good yeah, block, good. But, but in that situation, basically on the six-yard line, you'd expect someone to score. And yeah, Shrewsbury had another chance. Um, yeah, in terms of goalkeepers working, it certainly wasn't Morosi who did most of the work in this game. Lee, he had a shot from a corner and it was well blocked. I think it was by Eastwood or someone else on the line. Glasscratch defending from Oxford. And then probably the first tack of the game from an from a Oxford point of view, um, there was a, a cross into the box, punched by Morosi, a cross into the box, cleared by Dunkley, um, and then Moore was slow to react to the second ball, a shot that goes through Pennington's legs and deflects off Dunkley in the back of the net. And yeah, that was um, that, that was sickening because we'd started the game really, really well, wasn't overly impressed by Oxford, and I thought we were going to have a good game here, but obviously for you guys it was a, a, a great time to score. We, we kind of needed it because you could tell otherwise we were we were going to be out of the game pretty early. But Cameron Brannigan is that kind of player. He's our he's our star, really. I mean, you know, he scored. I can't remember how many he's got now from midfield, but I mean, he's he's been such a good player. For I think it's season. six. The, I read somewhere. I think yeah, it's his sixth I think goal. That was his sixth goal uh, in the in the league for sure. Uh, and he's 
you know, he was the one player that everyone was talking about being poached by. I think Blackpool, it's very funny, there was um, a bid from Blackpool in the summer which triggered his release clause. And the Blackpool journalist put out, I'd love to see Carl Robinson's face when he realises we've triggered his release clause. And then Cameron Brannigan swiftly signed a new three-year deal with us because he didn't want to go to Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought it was, um, you know, those guys, uh, the Blackpool journalists, bit of just desserts there for his uh, rather premature suggestion that the deal was done and uh, Oxford were fuming. It was just, it was good. And Cameron Brannigan knows, I think, that he is playing regularly in a, in a you know, usually a, a good team. And it's only going to put his stock high, and he could probably pick his pick his team. And in, in, I mean, in January there'll be people lining up for him. To be honest, he's he's been that good for us. And um, without him, we we'd probably be looking very much into a sort of relegation battle. Um, but it's funny because I think Oxford and Shrewsbury are in that sort of rare position in this division, where we're not too worried about relegation, but we're probably neither side quite good enough to really get into the realistic playoff picture I think it's um, there's a fairly there's a fairly sort of clean cutting line if this division in two two groups isn't there and uh, you know that there's a group of teams that you expect to be automatic and, and playoffs and then some that you clearly you know are going to be fighting relegation and and we're I think Oxford sat right in that middle group at the moment and I'm quite happy to stay there if I'm honest yeah, there's definitely obviously teams at the top are pulling away. Plymouth 41, Ipswich 37, Sheffield Wednesday 34, Peterborough on their coattails at 31. Then Portsmouth and Bolton, Derby 27-25, Shrewsbury Town on 23. You never know, we could get in keeping in touch and distance and have a bit of a run. But I think the only way we can do that is if we sign maybe two new wing-backs and a striker um, in January. Depth, isn't it? Which which is which is a big big ass to sign League One quality players in January um, when other teams are sniffing as well and a lot of teams play wing backs these days as well it's going to be difficult so yeah I think I think um, mid table would be great for us but um yeah still still dream James don't take the dream away that we could do something <laughs> yeah no, exactly no. so yeah Shrewsbury Town I don't think Shrewsbury Town reacted too badly to the goal um, we we are quite a resolute team and we're quite confident um there was that was quite an interesting moment after this Flanagan Flanagan did a tackle he won the ball but the follow-through which was quite hard um was aggressive yeah an aggressive tackle I think that's fair um and unfortunately Joseph goes off injured and there was booze from the Shrewsbury fans which is really really uncalled for um yeah it was not a nice tackle he won the ball and he went for the ball I don't think he tried to injure the player it's uh, one of them for our generation isn't it where that's that's a great tackle but yeah in modern football you can't do it, and I. There was another one in the second half, which, you know, I, 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 he clearly got the ball. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't even a foul. It's just different in that more went in two footed. But yeah. again, our generation, he caught he got the whole of the ball. But again, you can't do that in modern football. And and Flanagan's is a bit similar that they take a lot of um, referees take a lot of interest in, you know, how you follow through and a tackle rather than. In our day, it was if you got the ball, you got the ball, and yeah, you, that's it. But for Carl Joseph, I mean, he scored five goals this season. He's one of our best players, and uh, it looks like he could be out for a while. They're waiting for scan results to come back. Yeah, he's it. only a young lad as well. He's only 22, 21, Sorry, um, and yeah, between um, yeah, if if you lose um, Brannigan in um, Brannigan in in January and lose Joseph, that's pretty much all your goals gone. Um, so you yeah, might be looking further down rather than up, unfortunately, if you lose those yeah. and can't replace them, obviously. 
that would be a massive concern for Oxford. Trust me. <laughs> I, I yeah. don't so really contemplate and that. Was there any news come out from the club about him yet? Is he any kind of prognosis? Fingers crossed he's, he'll be okay. Uh, they reckon Anderson was playing most of that game with a broken arm as well. He had yeah. a, a scan on that, so you know maybe that's why he he was a bit rubbish in the in the second half. But yeah, um, so we we've got three three players who started this game won't be playing on Saturday. That's for sure. Uh, and who have you got on Saturday? We've got Port Vale, but obviously Cameron Brannigan got his fifth yellow card, so he's out. Joseph is out, and Anderson is definitely out. So we'll just have to pray that some players come back, or it's it's relying on the youngsters again. Oops, yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I have to keep an eye on that one now. It's, yeah, it's going to be... Yeah, Port Vale are pretty good, as you know. Obviously, you cover the whole division. Um, they're a pretty good outfit. And, yeah, just below just below us in the league. So, that'll be a tough game for you guys. So, yeah, back to this one. Um, yeah, the referee started to... I think I think the crowd got on to him, and to be honest. Um, Shrewsbury Town fans, I do have a little bit of a reputation sometimes for, for kind of turning. I think a lot of fans can do it as well. Not that we were that unique. But then there was an Oxford man slipped in 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 our half and got a free kick, which was very odd. Um, Leahy was laughing at that one, and it was Cottrell and Robinson both have reputations, and with those two on the bench, plus some hard working professionals on it, and a referee who's only refereeing his second League One game, it got a bit feisty, I and some poor decisions. Of the game a bit yeah, a while, he did. He? Uh, but that that decision, you're the one you're talking about, is where Marcus Brown just slipped over his own feet. Taylor Moore, I'm not joking, he was about two metres away from Brown when he fell over and the ref gave a foul. I just was like, oh my goodness. And, and then it, that, that then ripples through the players. The players lost respect for the referee, um, especially at that moment. Um, and yeah, it didn't make it. And I think the referee definitely ruined the game. The flow of the game, probably from this point onwards, just completely dissipated. It was really, really stop-start. Um, it was a very and then the fans get on the referee and the referee um, so actually on that free kick you could always know the referee obviously someone's told him in his ear he's made a mistake as soon as the ball was kicked he blew for an offside no idea if it was offside or not but often they do that don't they to get themselves out of jail that's it yeah yeah there was a good cross um, from Oxford um, but well parried by Morosi and then there was a corner and Flanagan missed um, second best chance of Shrewsbury or maybe even the best chance of the half and um, yeah, you must have been very pleased to go in at half time one nil up after those two chances. I, I could not believe Flanagan missed that when I saw the you know he saw it on the replay and he is inside. I think he's about five yards out. It's almost a free header and he contrives to head it wide. I just I just thought thank goodness because <laughs> that was such a that was a that was the easiest chance I think of the game. Yeah, it was really close, over. wasn't he? Back post, um, you know, uh, international defender who's good with his head. And he'll be. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be ruining that missed opportunity, and it would have really have been a great time for Shrewsbury to score as well, just before half time. Um, it's really, really, really disappointing. Absolutely, yeah. That we got away with that big time, and then Luke Leahy though tried to make him feel a bit better about himself in the second half, didn't he? <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Um, so half time. Um, yeah, it was yeah interesting half time. Um, went in. Uh, Bennett came off, and Pike came on. Um, still playing three five two. Um, kept playing wing back. Bennett is coming back from injury. Um, Winchester's injured. So you're talking about Oxford injury. Shrewsbury Town are really depleted with Nurse, Ado, um, with De Costa, O'Brien, Winchester, and um, Bennett all carrying knocks. Like four, obviously the latter two were in the squad, but carrying knocks. I'm interested to see who starts on Saturday. 
Um, but yeah, this half was pretty dire, and we'll, we'll cut through it quite quickly because there was a yeah, Shrewsbury Town's best attacking options really came from corners. Eastwood involved again. Um, Lee he had a really poor powder puff shot to the to the wide of the goal. There's a really good cutback by Pike, who I thought was fairly effective um, on the right wing back. Cut back, um, and yeah, Leahy had a shot saved by East, um, Eastwood. It's um, one of those anywhere but at Eastwood yeah. is in, isn't it? It yeah. was, and for someone of, um, of the technical quality of Leahy, you would have expected him to do better that one. It was a crowded box, but um, yeah, again... He was completely unmarked, though. Yeah, but in front of him there was a few defenders, but he had time and space on the ball. Yeah, it was a poor, poor shot from Lee. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, like, you know, if you hadn't got an equaliser, it would have been a robbery, really. And uh, I think, in a in a way, taking a point there is is theft still for Oxford. But yeah, um, at least you did get the equaliser. It wasn't. It was coming. It was definitely coming when it arrived. And it's funny that shot there. I think is probably what's been enough for Leahy to take the the crown of most XG off Pennington. I checked it before the podcast started, and yeah, he took he's taken that crown off um, off Pennington, which is a, a really um, interesting stat. You put it on your on your podcast um, that um, yeah, Pennington has the most XG of any town player, which is interesting considering he's a central defender. Yeah, I was I was quite surprised he had uh, he'd had the most chances, which is not. That's surprising, given you, you know you're quite a threat in, uh, in from set pieces. But in terms of his XG, yeah, I was a bit a bit shocked because you you want your strikers to be uh, leading those uh, those stats, and you know the fact that Dunkley at the time when I recorded it was second, it was you know um, it was indicative, I think, of some of the issues that you've had really. And if you do get uh, if you did have a dough, I think you'd be you'd be laughing. Really. Yeah, if I think if we had a dough, I genuinely think we'd be um, right up there in the playoffs. Would easily have four more points, not yeah. just from goals. Even because, oh yeah, striker's got Ado is such a good player in terms of link-up play. You've obviously were really impressed with his development last season. You know, having you know, if you're a midfielder or a wing back and you're slugging the ball up and you've got a chance, you think you're gonna your striker's gonna hold up to it. It's definitely gonna impact your but your desire to run forward and try and follow the run. So yeah, it's Dan Ado's a missing, but um yeah, it's it's interesting you talked about the strikers when we're doing the team. Yeah, Sadie's did start well, scored a couple of goals. Um, I don't think he had a particularly good game in this match, and I think yeah, I thought Bowman did okay-ish when he came on, but overall, James, um, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't really be trying to sign any of our strikers, would you? No, uh, but then again, I think it's the same. If you flip that round, I don't think Salah would look at signing any boxers. I mean, it was a. I don't think anyone really had a, a good game. I think Brannigan was probably our our best player. Um, you know, for you guys, your centre backs were, were just just very dominant. Yeah, and your goalkeeper, I think, made some good saves as well. Um, and your other centre half, I thought he did a good few blocks during the game as well. Yeah, yeah, Stuart Finley's done all right. He's sort of people still on the fence with him a bit, but I think he's he's solid enough, especially at this level. Um, yeah, it's just difficult when you've lost Rob Dickey, Rob Atkinson, and Luke McNally in in quick succession. Uh, that it's difficult to replace that sort of quality at the back. And that's the thing, isn't it? This level playing against, obviously, some much bigger sides. No disrespect to Oxford, but there are clubs with much bigger budgets. Yeah, it's hard to keep churning out players and keep signing them. Um, so, yeah, be interested to see how you guys get on this season. Um, so, in terms of kind of closing this game off, um, Bowman came on for Street. Um, I don't think Street had a particularly good game, Paul Ad. Um, he got bullied quite a bit by Moore, who was 
I think it's fair to say quite aggressive <laughs> in his treatment of Street. Um, he certainly wasn't um, trying to win any friends on, on Wednesday night. Um, corner recycled back into the box. Pennington headers home, um, a deserved equaliser. Um, and then not and then not too long after that, Pennington has a super block. Um, and then there was that moment after that, then really where that that tackle. I thought it was a I thought it was a red card. Um, I it was it wasn't too far away from me. And when you could tell, I could tell that he was well in my head. I don't know if I'm making this up. Well, I can remember seeing two white soles as if like he's wearing Adidas World Cups. And if you see a striker like six foot five on his butt flying forward with two feet, and you can see the soles of his feet, that's not a good tackle. Referee took probably two minutes to make a decision to to give him a yellow. Um, I th- I personally think that was a red card. I don't know what you think, James. I think it is in modern football a straight red, no problem. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have had any issues with him being sent off. I just think it's it's you know it, back in our day it's it's a decent tackle, but you can't yeah you can't go with two feet at all these days. And he was a very lucky boy, and I'm glad he wasn't sent off because we'd be really short sat. <laughs> <time as well. laughs> I th- I thought it was definitely a red card. Um, he should have been sent off. Um, but it's ironic almost, isn't it, that you know our player did a bad tackle, got a yellow, and your player got injured. We got away with it. Lee, he wasn't injured, which is, thank God. Um, and yeah, again, repeat, I hope Joe is okay. So yeah, drawing the game to a close. Um, yeah, not a lot really happened after that. We've kind of covered the main highlights of that half. As you said, James, I think you've been quite fair and honest. Shrewsbury Town deserved to win, but unfortunately it wasn't another game where we rue our missed opportunities, missed chances. Yeah, hundred percent. I would have, like I said, I think we will be very happy to have got a point out of that game, considering the opportunities we we gave you. If you look at like the the, the ones you missed, Rob Street missing that one in the first half, Flanagan and, and Leahy uh, missing those other ones, you, you should have you should have won the game. But we'll we'll take a point and uh, and move on quickly to to Saturday now. Yeah, it's interesting from a from an XG point of view. It was one point four five to one point four seven, so not terrible XG. Um, yeah, we had 11 shots, you had 10, and a rare, rare occurrence for Shrewsbury Town, especially playing against an Oxford team, and it tells you how poor Oxford are. Shrewsbury Town had 58% possession. I'll repeat that again. We had 58% possession. Our average this season is 42. Yeah, no, we, we're, we're, not, we're not the team we have been in the last few seasons, and it's um, it's quite... I think for your fans who have seen us over the years, that was pretty glaringly obvious throughout this this game. Yeah, and I, I always, I, yeah, Carl Robinson is not a, it's not he's not a manager that gets wins a lot of plaudits from opposition fans, and he's also got a little bit of a special memory of Shrewsbury Town fans because when we were in the playoff season under Hurst, um, he, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play a little bit of poetic license here, but basically he said that we were crap and Ox and the Charlton were definitely gonna win. Um, obviously he was wrong. Um, and yeah, I just thought he was quite biased and quite dismissive of Shrewsbury. Um, and he's, I did listen to that BBC podcast and he came across quite well on that. But um, yeah, he's quite a, a divisive figure. And yeah, where is he with your fan base? Because we've already used the comments we're going to talk about here where he's basically talk chat shit to the radio to try and probably please the, the away the fans who didn't travel, those fans back in Oxford. It was probably for them. Um, but is he is he on a is he on a do you think he's going to be safe or do you think think he'll be alright for the rest of the season? I'd be surprised if they the owners got rid of him. Um, you know, for me, I I'm happy with him for now. I think there's a lot of fans who aren't though, and there's quite a lot of the Carl Robinson out uh, sort of brigade on on social media already. Interesting comment about social media there. We'll come on to that Wigan. But yeah, sorry, you were saying about like Robinson. Yeah, I, I don't blame them. We've not played well and you know he has to take quite a lot of responsibility for the recruitment in the summer. But um, 
I'm far more like you know me now. I'm far more pragmatic. I I'd rather we we give managers as long as possible, uh, especially when you know we're five unbeaten away from home, and that's you know not not something we've done for I think since 2018 or something. So it it's it's not as it's not all doom and gloom, frankly. And it's, you know, Shujitan and I getting the benefit of this. Steve Cottrell now has been in place for a while. Obviously, you know, we've had quite a few um, different m- managers come and go and they've struggled since Paul Hurst. We've got Steve Cottrell now. He's got a style. He's, he's bedded in. He seems quite happy at the club. Um, Shujitan fans overall, pretty happy with Steve Cottrell now. I won't, definitely wouldn't want us to change. He's definitely a, a championship caliber manager from a tactical point of view he's fantastic at tactics and yeah I, I think there is definitely some um, reward obviously we've seen Warren at Rotherham um, do well and stay there for a while um, yeah I think it'd be foolish I think for Oxford to change the manager you know give him one more window I think I think he deserved that much um, kind of time f- from the board um, but yeah it's interesting you talk about Twitter obviously Twitter is a microcosm of any of everything in the world um, and I've seen today that obviously the, the Wigan manager has been sacked. Um, and yeah, it's, it's good to hopefully, I imagine that Oxford are not a club that are going to basically um, listen to Twitter and listen to fans on Twitter, where pretend, I hear, and I, I don't know how true this is obviously, but there's an impression that the, the Wigan chairman has listened to those fans on Twitter. He's quite active on Twitter, which is not a good thing to do for a chairman. It's nonsense. That guy, Liam Richardson, just kept them up against all odds, then got them promoted saved Charlie White's life as well not that that should perhaps factor into his job credentials but they're not doing that bad in the championship you know it's it's, it's nonsense it's an awful decision and it's it sums up modern football and what I don't like about it frankly we were talking about this um, obviously John Askey got sacked from Shrewsbury after a very short time I don't think a manager at Shrewsbury gets sacked by the fans um, and I don't think that should ever be the case it's um, obviously the, the board have much more intel and information and, the, and the, hear the players what they think but um, yeah it's an odd one odd one um, and I'm, I'm sure Wigan will will, will um, rue that decision um, so closing off this game um, um, I don't know if you want to do a top three um, obviously it's something we always do James so if you want to do a top three for Shrewsbury Town so I went for Pennington, Morosi and Leahy um, did you have a man of the match or a top three? I thought uh, Pennington, Dunkley and Leahy, I would say. Um, Morosi was all right, but I, I I didn't think we tested him enough. I, I just thought Dunkley and, and Pennington were very dominant, and Leahy is he's just a rejuvenated player for you guys. Yeah, no, he's doing really well. And it's just, again, testament, isn't it, to a player who's happy in a squad, plays regular football, um, and I don't think that's something that should be underestimated. Um, obviously, links to your player and staying in the summer. So what did Steve Cotter have to say? He said it, we did enough to win. Um, he's slightly disappointed we didn't win. Um, he basically went on sales for a good team. <laughs> we questioned that a little bit. Um, yeah, we said we, we had the best of them tonight and we started well and should have scored and then they scored against a run of play. Um, and then just finally, he did um, talk about the crowd. The crowd was quiet. The crowd was really quiet against York as well. Um, quite a low attendance, 3,000, 5,000 last night. Um, and he asked the fans to turn up the volume. So, yeah, good, good um, post-match comments and Steve Cottrell. Um, and, yeah, fingers crossed we can do something a bit better against Barney, which will be a really tough game for us, um, went it, James. Uh, absolutely, yeah, they're a good side. They're a good side. Um, Michael Duff is a top, top, top manager. Yeah. But they, they're a bit up and down, so you know this is a decent-ish time to play them, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, he's a good manager. Obviously played for Steve Cotter as well, so there's a nice connection there for those two. He's doing well, he's a good manager. 
Um, so yeah, good good appointment for Barnsley. Um, so yeah, that draws us a, a close to the first part of this podcast. I really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast, James. It's great to have you on there. And it's been fun to do something a bit different as well. Obviously, a different aspect from Oxford. But obviously, yeah, there's not many people who know League One as well as you. So yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. And yeah, um, so what is the, what, what do you guys do? You do some daily podcasts these days at the moment. You've done something new. Yeah, so... Um... We do what's called a D3, D4 daily, where it's basically me giving uh, information on either a topic or a club um, every day. And you can sign up for that for us. Uh, we've got a, a £1 a month fee for that for our patrons. You can sign up on Patreon and it just all goes to helping keep the podcast and the website running. And it's, uh, yeah, it's hopefully something people can enjoy. Yeah, brilliant. I'd, I'd definitely enjoy um, and definitely recommend listening to that. It's a, it's a really good podcast and I'd also recommend listening to your free podcast as well, the D3D4 podcast, which is a great, great podcast. Um, yeah, definitely the best podcast if you want to get a lowdown on what's what's going on in League One. Um, so yeah, thanks, um, James, for joining us.